This episode of The Explainer is supported by daft.ie. Are you buying or selling a home? If it's for sale, it's on daft.ie, Ireland's number one property website. Welcome to the journal.ie's The Explainer, where every week we take a deep dive into a different news story. I'm Laura Byrne, and this week, Luis Rubiales and the Spanish football scandal. What happens next? So you don't have to be a football fan to have seen the dramatic fall from grace of Spain's football chief Luis Rubiales after an unsolicited kiss on the lips of player Jenny Hermoso following Spain's Women's World Cup triumph. With pressure mounting on him to resign as president of the Spanish Football Federation, the 46-year-old has instead dug in, remained defiant and says this is an attempt to assassinate his character. Things have been heated ever since, with the mother of Rubiales even threatening a hunger strike over the inhuman and bloody hunt of her son. Now, Rubiales has been suspended for 90 days by FIFA. So what has this tawdry episode meant for the women's game in the country of the winning team at a crucial time for women in soccer? And what does the behaviour of Luis Rubiales say about issues around consent and women's rights in Spain? Well, to look at all of this, we're joined today by our very own Emma Duffy, who's sports journalist with The 42. Now, Emma was at the World Cup in Sydney for us too. So Emma, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Laura. I'm sure a lot of people have heard the noise around this in the last couple of weeks. So to put it in context, can you tell us a little about who Luis Rubiales is and what his position in the Spanish football setup is? So Rubiales is the president of the Royal Spanish Football Federation, the RFEF, which is their equivalent of the FAI, the Football Association of Ireland. And the Spaniard has held the position since May 2018. He's 46 years old, a former footballer himself. And Rubiales is also one of UEFA's vice presidents, which is the governing body of football in Europe. So Emma, Luis Rubiales, he's a very well-known figure then internationally as well as in Spain. And then we have the Spanish women's team and they go to the World Cup this summer and they're top of their game because they won it. Yeah, they are indeed. World Cup champions, as you say, and they really turned on the style as they won this summer's tournament in Australia. They beat European champions England 1-0 in the final. They also overcame the likes of Sweden, the Netherlands, Switzerland along the way. They play some really lovely football, have had incredible underage success, have some of the best players of the world, like Aitana Bonmati in their ranks. But there's been an awful lot of off-field issues which have well and truly amplified in recent weeks. Yeah, it wasn't really plain sailing for them going into the World Cup, I don't think. No, absolutely not. Like, you know, there's been a lot of off-field issues dating back to last October, if not beforehand, when 15 players effectively refused to play for the team and had... Jorge Vilda, their manager, stayed in charge. And I know we're going to go into that a little bit later on. But no, it's been far from smooth sailing, which is obviously very disappointing. And so can you explain then, Emma, who is Jenny Hermoso and what exactly happened during and after the World Cup final in Sydney a few weeks ago in relation to Rubiales? Yeah, so Jenny Hermoso, Laura, is another of their stars who helped them to World Cup glory. She's a striker, Spain's all-time top goal scorer and actually holds that title for Barcelona as well. Um, She now plays her club football in Mexico with CF Pachuca and she's 33 years old and Hermoso had an excellent game in the final although she did miss a penalty in the second half but unfortunately the spotlight has 
on what has happened afterwards. So during the medal presentation, Rubiales kissed Hermoso on the lips non-consensually, as she later said. And the story has dominated headlines and overshadowed the entire achievement ever since. And I mean, that event, you can see the footage quite clearly. And when you watch it back, Rubiales is there. He's very animated. He's hugging every player. That's to be expected, celebrating with them as they pick up their medals. But then when he gets to Hermoso, it is pretty obvious that he gives her a kiss on the lips. And anyone's language, that looks to me like a line crossed. Yeah, it's it's shocking. Um, I was covering the final for the 42 and I completely missed it in real time. I know my head was probably dug into the laptop. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then once the, the footage started circulating and the video, I almost couldn't believe my eyes and it's obviously not on. And there is footage of Hermoso saying that she didn't like the kiss from Rubiales in the immediate aftermath. And there have been a few statements and a lot of stories have kind of unfolded ever since. Yeah, look, you can imagine there's a lot going on. Everyone's very excited, a lot of adrenaline. You've just played your final of the World Cup as a team. All very exciting. And here's the head of football. And here's something that happens that is inappropriate in this kind of context. But it probably was only after the dust settled that Hermosa realised, well, hang on a minute, what was that? And that wasn't the only incident then um, on the day. There were other things that day around Luis Rubiales that are problematic. So there was a... A crotch grabbing incident, pretty grotesque. Um, so basically more footage emerged afterwards in which Rubiales appeared to grab his crotch next to the queen and her daughter in the VIP box. And it seemed that he kind of thrust his groin area in the direction of the players as he celebrated the win at the final whistle, which obviously is not nice. Yeah, look, really, there's no justifying that behaviour, is there? I mean, by anyone's standards, that's just never going to be acceptable. So Luis Rubiales, then he's called out for this behaviour pretty quick. What happens next? Yeah, so obviously the the footage began circulating and there was a lot of noise and and backlash on social media and whatnot else as expected. And his behaviour was described as unacceptable by Spain's acting culture and sports minister, Michele Queta. And the minister called on Rubiales to explain his actions and apologise. And it's obviously all gone from there. Rubiales has dug his heels in. Many more have come out calling for him to to resign. You know, he he did apologise, but I, I don't know if the apology would really cut it. It didn't, um, it didn't come across as the most contrite apology. And there was initially a statement from Hermosa, wasn't there, Emma? Yeah, there was indeed. So there was footage of her saying that she didn't like the kiss from Rubiales. Um, But then there was a statement released later, which was via the Federation, saying it was a mutual gesture, which was spontaneous. But then a few days later, a separate statement released from Hermoso. And she said the the kiss left her feeling vulnerable and like the victim of an assault. And she described it as an impulsive macho act out of place and with no type of consent on my part. And this week, actually, Laura Hermoso filed a criminal complaint over the unsolicited kiss. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of heat around it at the time and it's not going away anytime soon. And it has to be said then, Emma, really, the players and Hermosa's fellow teammates responded supporting her and they ended up striking over it. Yeah, so I think it's up on over 80 players now who have refused to play for Spain until Rubiales leaves his role. And the coaching setup also resigned, minus manager Jorge Vildo, who, Vilda, who has since been sacked. But um, I suppose there's been a huge amount of support across the world. And I suppose the NWSL, the top league in America, was back in action the weekend after the World Cup and players had banners, they wore wristbands showing the message and the World Players Union FIFPro has widely condemned the incident in statements which have been shared by 
Irish players like Katie McCabe with the message say a cabo and that means it's finished or it's over, but it's gone much, much further than football. Daft.ie is the preferred site for anyone buying or selling a home in Ireland. Whether you're taking the first steps or planning your next move, make sure you're on daft.ie, the best place to buy or sell your home in Ireland. And even though it's it's a massive story internationally, it does also seem to have touched something in Spanish football, in Spain itself and in Spanish society. I think it's triggered a lot of the conversation around the treatment of women, hasn't it? Around the abuse of women and around consent. Yeah, like it is much more than football. Spain's Prime Minister, Pedro Sanchez, said Rubiales initial apology was not enough and he said what we saw was an unacceptable gesture and the apologies he has given are not enough I believe they're not adequate he needs to continue to take steps to clarify what we all saw and I think most of us would echo those words and it's awful really isn't it and when you think about it here's the team of women sports people at the top of their game they've just won the world cup and the whole thing is overshadowed by the actions of one man. Yeah, it's it's hugely disappointing. And like, I can't stress enough how good Spain are. Like, they're an incredible team to watch. They really lit up what was a groundbreaking tournament. And look, they should be celebrating and basking in the glory and looking to build on this and what's next. But I think this is just typical of women's sport in ways like scandal and controversy, unfortunately, always takes centre stage. And it's it's just really frustrating that the spotlight is on it for the wrong reasons. Daft.ie is the preferred site for anyone buying or selling a home in Ireland. Whether you're taking the first steps or planning your next move, make sure you're on daft.ie, the best place to buy or sell your home in Ireland. Yeah, really, when you think about it, something that should have been such a popular shift, even in the coverage of women's sport and people talking about the World Cup. And I don't think that would have even happened in the last round of the World Cup. And it's such a shame that this is what the outcome of it all is. And I guess by this time then, Emma, FIFA had decided that when it came to Ruby Alley's, this all warranted an investigation. It wasn't going away. There was so much going around and so much heat around it. And yet here's Ruby Alley's at a public event still defiant, and he starts shouting, I will not resign. And we have a clip of that here. It's pretty shocking, isn't it? And what's interesting there is so many of Ruby Ali's colleagues, you know, applauding him in that. There was no sense that this was going the wrong direction. What has FIFA said since about all of this and who has the power here? Is it FIFA? Is it UEFA? Yeah, so as you mentioned before, FIFA have suspended Rubiales for 90 days and UEFA seem to be staying pretty silent. I think they maintain it's a FIFA issue. Um, but yeah, it's just been, I suppose, extraordinary. There's been Incident after incident over the last few weeks, you mentioned that emergency general assembly and the scenes of Ruby Alice shouting and screaming. Extraordinary scenes. Unreal. Just he he genuinely seems to believe that he has done nothing here. Exactly. And like even up to that meeting, there were widespread reports in Spain that suggested that Ruby Alice would announce his resignation. But instead, he vowed to fight until the end. He said he's going to prove the truth. Um, And there's a criminal court which has opened preliminary probe into the incident as sexual assault. Um, So yeah, it feels like this story is going to run and run. 
So the whole thing really getting very heated by now and all very undignified. And we've even got to the point where the mother of Ruby Alley's got involved. Tell us a little bit about what happened there. Yeah, so Angela's Bejar is her name. Um, she went on hunger strike on Monday the 28th of August, I think was when it broke. So that was a little over a week after the final, which was the 20th of August. Um, so she locked herself inside the church in her hometown, protesting the inhumane treatment of her son. She was hospitalised on the third day and I believe she's been discharged since, but there's been very little update. So she's having none of it and saying nothing against her son. She feels that this is a bit of a witch hunt. Yeah, that's pretty much what she has said. She's supposed conducted some interviews and other family members have too. Um, but yeah, from from her perspective anyway, it's very much echoing the, the words of her son. So if he's suspended now, nothing really can happen until that suspension ends. What choice does FIFA have at the end of that? Yeah, obviously it's he's forced out um, or he stays so far as I know anyway with it, an investigation I guess underway um, but honestly nothing would surprise me in football. Yeah the drama surrounding him I, it is so hard to imagine the idea of him coming back there won't be any players to, to, to be involved with in the first place. Yeah so obviously as we said the, the players are striking pretty much or, or will not play for Spain as long as he is in charge and I suppose this week as well Vilda was sacked and um, which was another twist in the tale. But yeah, I guess because Ruby, Ruby Alice isn't the only man involved here. I don't think a lot of his team have been covered in glory throughout all of this. Yeah, like there's been a lot more to this story than just the case and just Ruby Alice, um, as we touched on at the start. But I guess, yeah, Vilda was sacked, but there's a lot more to that than this fallout. So... Yeah, it's, it's an terrible indictment, as we said, of women's football in Spain, isn't it? After what should have been a time for celebrating. Can they come back from this at all? You'd hope so. Um, I guess the fact that Vilda has been sacked um, after all the off-field stuff, um, a few players might come into the fold. Um, you know, I suppose, I, again, I just echo the, the disappointment and frustration that I mentioned earlier. Um Monsa Tom, who was Vilda's assistant coach, so she's come in as his immediate successor. She becomes the first woman to take the the role as Spain's head coach. Um, and then, yeah, just in terms of Rubiales, I guess we, we have to wait and see. But you'd imagine the player strike or this fallout will continue as long as he's in, in situ. But a new campaign is just around the corner. They've Nations League games against Sweden and Switzerland on the 22nd and 26th of September. So it's just, it's unreal to It's got to be heartbreaking for those players. I can yeah. imagine after all they went through to get to the top of, uh, to win the World Cup and all you want to do is focus on your football and it's just a terrible distraction. Yeah, of course. And, and to build on this and like, as I mentioned at the very start, the, the amount of incredible underage talent coming through, we saw the best of them on the world stage this summer and there really is a sense that I suppose Spain, if it was purely on football, Spain can dominate for years and years to come. But with all of these off-field issues and all of this distraction, it's very hard to, I suppose, see how they can they can get through this. And Emma, some commentators have said that really the Rubiales case is merely a symbol of a wider issue in Spain. A bit of a me too moment for them really and a reflection of a deep imbalance between men and women there, issues around the treatment of, of women in the workplace, all of that. Mm -hmm. Is there much being said around that? Yeah, so, so as you said there, I suppose it's been spoken about as Spain's Me Too movement. It seems to signal a deep misogyny and sexism both in Spain and I guess in football in general and 
that power imbalance is systemic. Um, I'm not sure if you read it, but Anita Sante, former England player, and she's um, coach with Bristol City at the minute. She wrote a great article for The Guardian. Um, Luis Rubiales is a sad symbol of much bigger problems for women's football. So I'd encourage everyone to give that a read. And it's just a case of, I guess, these powerful, unchallenged football men undervaluing women and um, that lack of respect and decency. And I suppose even this week, the, the Spanish men's team came out with a statement condemning the unacceptable behaviour of Rubiales and calling for unity, but it just felt a little to fall a bit flat because yeah. it seems like it should be a big deal to see the men's team do that, but it didn't seem to kind of get garnered the traction you'd expect. Yeah, I suppose just with the passing of time and space as well, like it did just feel maybe a little Was bit Was it a bit too little too late? Up. That's it. That, yeah. I think that's the perfect way to put it. Yeah. It's pretty hard to predict, isn't it, what happens next uh, when you think about Ruby Alley's uh, we've got a women in in the position for now, which has got to be at least visually a better ch- a better change. It looks a little like a discourse has to be had now within Spain, whether it's football or wi- wider society. But whatever happens with Rubiales, it will not be dull in the next few weeks. Yeah, I, I don't think so. Like, obviously, the walls are closing in. They have been for so long now. And like you said, he, he does believe he has done nothing wrong. Um, but the pressure is increasing and increasing. But if the last few weeks are anything to go by, he'll fight tooth and nail to to remain. Um, so yeah, I guess just dis- disciplinary proceedings are underway in a sporting sense via FIFA. And then with the Spanish government's attempt to have him removed, there is a possibility of a criminal case and a subsequent criminal penalty. So I guess time will, will tell in that regard. Well, I suspect with Rubiales, it will not be dull in the coming weeks. So we'll watch with interest. Emma, thank you so much for joining us today. This episode of The Explainer was supported by daft.ie. With the largest number of properties for sale in Ireland and being the number one preferred site among buyers and sellers, daft.ie is the best place to buy or sell your home. Thanks again to Emma Duffy of The 42 for joining us today. You've been listening to The Explainer podcast by thejournal.ie. This episode was brought to you by executive producer Sinead O'Carroll and it's edited by Moira Shukarul. If you'd like to support all the work we do here, head to thejournal.ie forward slash contribute to make a one-off donation or become a monthly subscriber. And of course, you can always leave a review and rating wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.